Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Don continues our new series, What If Jesus Was Serious? with a sermon titled, What If Jesus Was Serious About Judging? from Matthew 7, 1 through 12, read by Scott Lucia. The scripture today comes from Matthew 7, verses 1 through 12. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Jordan and I preaching and teaching on a series, uh, What If Jesus Was Serious? It's from this delightful little book. Hey, Jordan, if they're not caught up on reading, can they still come to class today? <laughs> he says, it's going to ding on your grade. If you are just now recognizing that Pastor Don and Pastor Jordan have mentioned a book, it's the first time you know, you should still come to class uh, at 1045, 45 minutes to talk about some wonderful notions taken out of Matthew, by the way. Um, the teachings of Jesus who we love to ignore. Jordan was teaching last week about uh, the heart. Again, uh, this whole book runs through Matthew. If you start reading now, you can be really familiar with where we're going for the few weeks leading up to and ready for uh, Easter. Last week, Jordan was talking about uh, feelings leading with the heart, and our author here, uh, uh, Sky Jathani, says, you know, there's a huge scope of human expression, happy, sad, angry, scared. It's, we tend to focus in the church and say, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. That's almost the only message you get from Christian faith, which is wildly inappropriate and inaccurate. Uh, Jordan and I, go check out our podcast. We've been having a fun time doing 
uh, on our website as well, what we're afraid to say from the pulpit. And just this last week, we started into a couple weeks on the role of emotion and feeling uh, in worship and in preaching. Jordan quoted last week, uh, be curious, uh, not judgmental, because today we're talking about judgment and discernment. Jordan, I went home and I told Julie about your sermon, and I was quoting the Ted Lasso scene uh, he showed us. Uh, what a scene, and just telling it, Julie said, we got to go watch those two seasons again. It's, uh, Jordan and I are always nervous. We talk about this uh, with each other. Always nervous recommending a movie or a TV show, especially one that has a lot of cursing in it, some sexuality, except that it's a profoundly faithful, humanistic, loving, uh, what a show. Today, uh, our role in judgment with some good reminders about asking and blessing. Now, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus often comes to um, disrupt conventional thinking about uh, religion. Time and time again, he says, you've heard it said this. Well, I tell you this. Uh, Jesus is the healthiest, most individuated uh, Lord in Matthew's disciple, saying, here's where we come from, but here's what I think that's different and what I'm teaching. It's wonderfully uh, refreshing. It is also a little demanding. Of all the Gospels, I find Matthew the most demanding. It's no doubt uh, why Sky chose Matthew to base his book on, is the teachings are difficult. It might be considered a little in-house. A lot of scholars spend time more in Matthew than others saying, Jesus might not be talking to the general populace here. He really might just be directing his comments at the disciples, and that's why the heat has turned up a bit. That's why it's a little more difficult of a gospel to read. Exaggeration abounds, for example. We have uh, at New Hope, these aren't our core values. We just covered those, uh, reminding us. This is our catchphrase, our marketing. It's on the front of the building when you walk in, just inside the uh, narthex there, the lobby. We find, find a home, build a life, make a difference. Beautiful. Uh, find a home is so welcoming. I've wondered if, as a matter of fact, and maybe I forgot to ask you, Jordan, this feels a little Trinitarian to me. If, if find a home is always the first step of God loves you, come to New Hope and be welcome. No matter who you are, the whole big table thing, right? Find a home, you'll be loved here. Beautiful, beautiful. The second statement, and again, I see God, our mother and father doing that. The second statement, build a life, it's, it's got a little judgment in it. People come into worship and say, wait a minute, don't I already have a life? What do you mean build a life? This is our Lord and Savior walking with us. God's love descends, and the second person of the Trinity walks with us, and uh, it's, uh, God loves us just the way we are. That's true. It's not all the truth. The truth is uh, Jesus loves us too much to let us stay the way we are, right? During Lent, I was thinking we should get a tag board. We might as well say, find a home, get a life, is what we should say on our, on our wall out there. That's the Matthew message. That's the Lent message. When we're directing, we're not celebrating the little baby and a mate. We're celebrating going to the cross. We've increased the tempo. Your pastors ask you to stop clapping during worship during Lent. 
all this seriousness. We want to be focusing and worshiping together. And yes, I think that announcements are a different thing than worship. We come into a prayerful place together. Uh, we're asking for a discipline during Lent. It's not easy. And then to make a difference, if we're to be something more than secular humanists, which I'm all in favor of, secular humanists, we say, no, if you want to help someone, the Holy Spirit is what works in you back to God or out into the world. Find a home. Get, get a life. That's what you should do. You should remember that interim pastor who always misquoted our second phrase. Uh, a little more edge. Get a life. And you want to make a difference. You can't do it on your own. You need God's Spirit in you to be loving, to be serving, to be all those great things we heard deacons challenging us and leading us in. Uh, giving judge not today is the passage you, my teaching today is judge not you've heard it said I tell you okay judge um, carefully Jathani says look one way to do this uh, speaking of be curious about what's going on in another person one way to do this is to remember that it's not just us and them good bad and this is classic that the line of good and evil Saved and unsaved, redeemed and not redeemed, goes right down the middle of each and every one of us. We know what this is about. It's a good reminder uh, when we're judging, uh, judge carefully. Do not judge so that you may not be judged, for with the judgment you make, you, this is some of the worst writing in the entire Bible. This, this reminds me of reading Paul in the middle of an argument, right? Just as clunky as can be so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. I'm assuming this measure, by the way. I'm down in the marketplace. I know what the ratio is for sugar or flour or grain or rice, whatever it is. And the woman behind the counter selling to me says, uh, you got your measure? And we can use mine. And now I've made mine small because I'm trying to cheat her with what I'm going to give but that doesn't matter because that's going to be the same measure she uses to measure out the flour, right? That in our transactional way, it doesn't matter the size of the measure. It matters the number of measures. That's how we're going to get there. That's what this reference is to the marketplace, uh, your measure. Why do you see? And now we go into some of the most humorous, great writing in all of Matthew, especially why do you see the speck? In your neighbor's eye, this is Jesus being extravagant, exaggerating. But do not notice the log in your own eye, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. That's a, that's a great line. Uh, historians, literary folks say, look, Matthew's written 50 years after the events. This first passage is so difficult even to read out loud, let alone remember. It's a good chance it's Matthew trying to make a point here and these other rather pithy short sayings probably Jesus because they're memorable don't fuss about the speck in your neighbor's eye worry about the luck and this also very stringent but kind of in-house don't bother giving what's holy to dogs ouch ouch don't throw my mom used to quote this don't throw your pearls before swine wow that doesn't ring like the outside, ultra-gracious, everyone come make a home. That is uh, the practical, sharp teaching of Jesus in Matthew. It's high-order uh, theology. It's demanding. Ask, and it will be given. Boy, is that one of the most problematic sentences in all, right? Doesn't match at all with my life. Shall I start making a list of what I've asked for and haven't got? 
How much time do you have? Search, find, knock. This must be a teaching about prayer. By the way, we just went past the world day of prayer, which is why I thought those were so fitting. This is what you should do. So you should keep on searching, keep on knocking. You will find, but it's a hard teaching. This wouldn't be the first teaching you give someone because they say, obviously, that obviously, that's not true. Something else is going on here. The desire to teach us constancy. Who? If a child asks for bread, would give a stone. <laughs> this is funny again. They ask for a fish, would give a snake. If you then, thank you, Lord, who are evil, <laughs> just flat out there. By the way, this is Matthew that's going to end Matthew 25 like sheep and goats. There are those of you who think you're holy, who are going to call on the Lord, and he's going to say, I never knew you because you didn't take care of the poor. Wow, the, the harshest teaching in all of the Bible. That's where we're going. If you who are evil know how to give good things to your kids, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? Beautiful. And everything you do, here's the golden rule, do to others as you'd have them do to you. The culmination of our passage this morning, this is the law and the prophets. <laughs> wow. Jordan just leaned over to me and said, hey, we're running kind of early. I was hoping we'd run kind of late because then I'd skip this and we'd be done. Uh, I need to tell you today in wrapping up about prayer because you, you should expect your pastor to teach about prayer, right? I, I want to teach you the Bible, how important it is for you to pull it off your shelf, dust it off, read it now and then. It's my job. I want to interpret Scripture for you and our tradition for you. And it's appropriate for me to charge you to be generous, give, mission, all that stuff. And I'm only with you for a few seasons. I'm only with you for a couple more seasons more. I figure we're, we must be halfway. Um, I, I see the look of, <laughs> never mind, of relief. And No, you're great. You're good. If at the end of Don Shrum's year with you sometime this summer, probably late summer, um, if there's only two or three things you remember from me, it's really okay if the 15-yard God uh, is one of them. This is, I don't know much about prayer. I don't know if I'm a man of prayer or not. I know I'm supposed to be. Um, so let me tell you a story of where I, this is, this is my own developed technique. I should put a little R or copyright, see. Because um, yours might be a 10-yard God. I'm sure it's no less than that. Uh, the 15-yard God. I'm taking some continuing education in a couple weeks. <laughs> I'm going to a monastery uh, in Mount Angel, Oregon. Benedictine Catholics and I know you're thinking wow the stuff that he says about Catholics and he's going to hang out yes Catholic Church is mistaken and sinful and broken unrepentant about the uh, misuse of sexuality the crummy biblical teaching that has wreaked havoc on our world and the lack of transparency and the secrecy with which they have defended extremely broken priests all worthy of judgment and condemnation and they're, they're kind of good at prayer. <laughs> There's a monastery in Mount Angel. Uh, my brother has just moved 10 minutes away this week. I'm going to go, I'm going to fly to Seattle, see dad for a few days. 
drive my brother's sports car that's been in dad's garage for six months down to Portland uh, and hang out with Norm. 45 minutes south of where we are of Portland. The daughter monastery of Mount Angel, don't worry, we're getting, we're getting there. It's, it's only 10 after. What, what are you going to do? <laughs> Is uh, Ascension Monastery in beautiful Jerome, Idaho. You don't know where that is because it's two and a half hours east of Boise. I spent 13 years in Boise, and once or twice a year, Brother Norm and his best friend Dave and I would go visit the Benedictine monks in Jerome. So I'd always heard about Mount Angel, but never been there. I'm so excited to finally see it. At Ascension, for the 13 years I was in Boise, we would go for a couple days, three days of uh, sermon planning, quiet walks, drinking wine at night, walking out in the winter weather, uh, with cigars. Norm and Dave love cigars. I never learned how to love cigars, but I'm with my brothers. What am I going to do? And so we'd walk around uh, in the sweet potato fields covered in snow for hours at a time, freezing with our cigars, talking about everything. And when I say everything, you need to know that these are two of the most spiritual men I've ever met in my life. One of them happens to be a biological brother. Uh, and then there's Dave, who's an Episcopal priest. Norm's Presbyterian. Marriage, child-rearing, our horrible sessions, our great preaching, our lousy preaching, our wonderful churches, our financial problems, our sexual problems, our beautiful and disturbed kids. Everything was on the table as we'd walk together and spend the day with the Benedictines who pray five times a day. You get up for a six o'clock prayer service. Uh, and all the six o'clock prayer service, seven o'clock mass breakfast, Prayer service lasts about 20 minutes, by the way, and then we'd read the news, hang out before 7 o'clock, when members of the, of the surrounding community would come for mass. Uh, Catholics have mass every day. Uh, what binds Catholics together is the table. They're not good preachers, by and large. It's not the content. They would acknowledge the same thing. Ten minutes of pop theology, and then on to the table. Um, were they against their... Art, their uh, uh, bishop's orders would welcome us at the table, even though we were less than. They took, here's a lesson, they took the charge of hospitality more seriously than the charge of theological purity. Amen. Let's make that mistake all the time. I um, love these brothers over the years. I got to know them well, sometimes up for a week. Uh, let's see, 11.30, another 20-minute, pr the, pr the prayer services are 20 minutes of reciting psalms back and forth with some church readings and some silence and a little scripture. Uh, the way they recite the psalms is boring. It's not, not like we try to do it, interpret it, make it warm. Scott did such a great job here because they want you to get, I think, they want you to get bored so you can sit in your chair five times a day and then ask, uh, well, if this isn't about my entertainment, what is it about? And I'd have to work, sometimes it'd take me a day or so to love 6 o'clock mass, uh, 11.30 before lunch, uh, 5.30 before dinner, 8.30 compliment. Finally, finally, just a little bit of music in my day. <laughs> That's all I ask for. Uh, beautiful discipline to be with these brothers. Twelve of them, three of us. Dave liked to sit in the middle because he liked to think of himself as a shrum brother. Um, Wonderful times learning about prayer. Learning about how boring prayer can be 
how important prayer is. And I walked the fields by myself sometimes because in the morning we'd do our peace and then have time to be on my own. And that's when I started praying out loud because I, I, the only person I see is half a mile over there on the next square road that I won't get to for 20 minutes. Um, I started talking out loud to God 20 years ago. I have, I have right here a filter. Mine's the PCUSA 103. I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what yours is. It's a filter that keeps me appropriate. It's always safely in place when I'm in this room, frankly, but especially when you're here. And so when I pray, uh, I don't know if I'm a good prayer or not anymore. I know I'm not a great reader of prayers. Sorry, this is so distracted. You know that a lot of times there's a Lord's Prayer taped to the pulpit? You think, how dumb does that pastor... It's, it's not unrelated to this. My filter's in place. My filter falls out of place when I'm with Jordan and Allie and Tracy <laughs> when, when we're uh, planning worship and laughing. When I feel well-loved, it slips. And then I say things that I don't, I sh- maybe shouldn't. We need to, talk about, need to talk about swearing in a minute. Don't worry, I'm not going to swear in here, but we need to talk about swearing. If there's one thing you remember about me, or two things, 15-yard uh, God is important. This filter, because it's uh, somehow attached, I'm assuming, to my diaphragm, when I pray like this, uh, by the way, so here we go. God is your friend. Jesus is your buddy right in here all the time, and you can pray like this. I do a lot of this in the car especially, or when I'm at home, I'm thinking thoughts talking to Jesus in my car we have nice little conversations well Lord sorry about that sermon Um, keep me awake for this drive home because I was a long choir practice and they're praying for me Jesus right here friendly in the next seat and then 15 yards 45 feet about the back row I would think for me um, when I pray it like this, conversational, this happens for me. I do it all the time on the trail with Julie. She'll say, we're, we're a number of times a week on the trail up in Conifer, different parts of the mountains. Um, she'll say, all right, I'll go first because I know you want to talk to yourself. She's mistaken. I'm not talking to myself. She knows that. Um, I let her get a quarter. She's way, way better shape than me. She just did her uh, 33-mile run yesterday. Monument Valley, I'll show you pictures later. Um, way better shape than me. That's not why I let her get ahead. I let her get ahead up by the cars and parking lot so that I can talk to my 15-yard God, which requires me to go from here uh, to here to talk to God as though in the back row and so that when I pray to God saying, thank you for that worship this morning, Lord, I felt your presence. And when I say, Lord, I said yes to New Hope, but now in five months I'm going to be unemployed. Do you know what you're going to do next? If you can hear a little change there. Uh, Lord, I've struggled with my kids. I'm trying to reach out. Are they ignoring me? If it's here, Lord, I've been texting them. Do you know if they're going to get back to me or not? I don't know what else you want me to do, Lord. At 15 yards, something, some, the diaphragm, short circuits. There's a feeling that happens. 
Lord, you know, Julie and I have had this argument so many darn times that I don't know how else to, I've been who I want to, Lord, I've been pastoring churches for 35 years of decline, and I've tried to be faithful to you, but it'd be nice if I would sometimes have some sense that this is going anywhere. Let's, let's talk about swearing. Um, at, at Ascension Monastery, we're at the table afterwards, and uh, Inigo, Italian, uh, recently passed away. He's the, he's the chef. He's in the kitchen. The brothers are in their own dining room. We're right outside, Norm, Dave, and I. Inigo, uh, a great host. We invariably, over the years, forget to bring a bottle opener, a uh, corkscrew, and so he'd show up. Never mind, he'd say, and he'd show up because he knew where we'd be after Compline at 9 o'clock at night in our area drinking wine. He'd come up with a plate of crackers and cheese and the critical corkscrew. Um, and he goes in the kitchen. Uh, we hear a bang of a pot and a stream of invected. I would no way repeat in this room right now, on and on, just really foul, awful. All of our faces go like this. Father Boniface, the most spiritual man I know, he's the head rector of the monastery, jumps up from his table, goes running into the kitchen. And then our expression is, and now I'm frozen, fork half, half, uh, what we hear from Boniface is this. Oh, Inigo, what happened? Oh, let me see your finger. Oh, my gosh, that's red. Let's put it under the water. Oh, that must hurt like crazy. I'm so sorry. Yes, hang on. No, let's, let me pull your sleeve up. No, oh, I'm so, oh, gosh, that much. James, go and get the first aid kit. Inigo, let's see. No, no, no. Let's keep it under there. You're fine. No, no, no. I'll get those pots. Don't do them. I'll come and do them later. Oh, let, we'll put some salve on this, and that's going to help. And it, not a word of judgment. Our expressions went to... Not a word of judgment. Not a word of judgment. I sometimes, I picture God, I, I don't know how this works technically, receiving the prayers and telling his assistants, her assistants, um, who, who is this again? It's Don Shrum. No, 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 this is here. And they say, Lord, Lord, uh, it, he was praying this morning in worship, so he still kind of got that glow about him. That's, oh, oh, uh, oh, get back to me when he's doing the 15-yard thing, because then I'll recognize who it is talking to me. Brothers and sisters, if you swear, I've heard it said um, people who swear a lot uh, don't have very big vocabularies. Not so me. Swearing is a key component of my time with God. When I'm on the trail, I go to tears, not infrequently, because something, the properness of prayer is broken open with my 15-yard prayer Something releases where I don't have the same filter in place. I'm not able to stop it. So I say horrible and loving things that are too unsafe for a proper Presbyterian. Those awful prayers often end with me saying, I love you. They often end in silence where I'm trying to discipline myself more and more to be quiet and hear what's next. Often nothing, darn it. Now and then some words that I can tell you about. May your prayer life move out of the safe, innocuous, boring, proper, whatever this is, 
I fumble in prayers here, here too. That's why I can't, the Lord's Prayer, I get quiet. I've lear- you learn this in choir. Because Scott and Matt know the tunes and I'm forgetting, but I know if, well, it is, isn't it great that Don's in the choir? Sometimes I do well. Um, the Lord's Prayer, because it's, it, does, it runs in a different format. It's not my words. I need to wrap up. I just want to tell you that uh, get some time by yourself when you can stop being so safe with God. Get some time when you can finally tell God how screwed up your marriage really is, how angry you are at your wife, how dissatisfied with your sex life, how scared you are about your finances, how tired you are of hearing about fill in the blank. I better stop, right? You do that out on the trail. I don't, are there trails here? Private. Take a chance. You'll find out. It, it, this, friends, this will change the way you think about God and will change your prayer life forever. I promise you. That's all I got. Um, <laughs> it's good to be with you. I look forward to being around table with you. Thank you for your patience, for your visiting pastor, and for the discipline of not applauding after musics, the discipline of inviting God during Lent into a more serious place where we can afford to take what Jesus teaches really seriously. There's a lot of joy and freedom that we've been missing. Heading to the cross, heading out to talk to God, what could be more fun? Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.